Hi, welcome back to the Toxic Diaries podcast with Dodrick and Severa. I'm Severa. And I'm Dodrick. And welcome back, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're going to be talking about growing up with immigrant parents, and we're having a special guest on. Just to start off the podcast, I wanted to read a few lines from this article, To Be the Child of an Immigrant, written by Kina Chick. To be the child of an immigrant means growing up faster. To be the child of an immigrant means taking responsibility for your family. To be the child of an immigrant is to carry the hopes and dreams of your lineage. The pressure that children of immigrants face is high and the mental health support is low. We'll be talking about all these things today. I hope you guys enjoy it. Now we're going to have our dear friend, Sarah Nikaj, on. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be on your podcast. Thank you. Hold your applause. It's nice having you. you. (laughs) It's nice having you. This is my good friend. We met in high school in 10th grade, right? Are we good friends? That's a good question. I thought we were, but clearly not. (laughs) We met in 10th grade. In Mr. Gill's mm-hmm. English class. Yeah, no, no, no. We met when you introduced yourself to me before oh. Ms. Z's, we're going to call Ms. Z for now, Ms. Z's math class. Really? I just came I up remember, to- I remember, I remember. You just came up to me and you just started talking to me and you're like, I'm so excited. And I was like, who is this young lady? <laughs> really? <laughs> she has a lot of courage. Yes. I remember that. And then we learned that we had English together because we had English at the end of the, of the day. Look at me. <laughs> wow. I didn't know I came up to you. It's okay. We love to see early on to dementia. I remember, I remember when we were talking about, I think I cried because of like the essay we have to write for English, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I didn't know what to, I didn't know. And you were like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I was telling you like how like much I was struggling. And then I was like, oh, I can't. I started crying. And then I like was like half joking, but like half not. Mm-hmm. So there's been a bully since I've known her. She's bullied me severely, made me cry in high school, definitely. Ooh, Sarah, you're known as the Shade Queen. She, she, she's almost as shady as I am, and mm-hmm. that's a lot. She's shady. I'm saying some people like to act certain ways. They think they can get away with things. Hmm. Just have to keep them in check a little bit. Keep them in check. Yeah, Don't step on that. Don't let them step on me. That's a fact. Uh, That's on period. That's on period. You know, a little dominance assertion once in a while. Keep things fresh and fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember you would pump me up for English presentations very nicely. I would. Yeah. (laughs) You you were quite the hype man. I, I that was my bio. Remember. Was Biggest it? hype man forced on <laughs> my Instagram bio. My sister made me take it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about being children of immigrants. Tell us about your immigrant story. Um, my immigrant story is kind of hilarious. So I am Albanian. My parents are from Montenegro. My parents came to America two years after they were married, so in 1985. Um, they just wanted to start a new life. They were still relatively young. When they first came, I know I had an uncle here. So they lived with him, and he really helped them, like, get on their feet and find, like, small jobs here and there. They finally moved into a house in the Bronx. I was I actually grew up in the Bronx. Riverdale, baby. Pullen Parkway, was up? So, yeah, until I was six, and I came to the Forest Hills. My dad found a new job. 
So then, yeah, American Dream Baby from Bronx to Queens. That's nice story. Like that. Thank you. I hope I inspire everyone else. Well, yeah, my I'm actually I'm from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to America when I was ten years old. Lived in Brooklyn. Hey. <laughs> lived in the hood. <laughs> lived in East New York for two years before I moved to Queens. And I've been in in Queens ever since, you know? Yeah. Very nice. Lived in America for 10 years. December, no, 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 nine years. December this year is going to be nine years. Do you remember anything? Well, probably something. Yeah, I remember where I lived. I remember, my like, a lot of my family members, I remember, like, their faces mm-hmm. and stuff. We came around the same time. I can't... Wait! <laughs> yeah, I came... Um, we came here in August, but it was 2011. Mm-hmm. So around the same year, I've also been here nine. Is it nine? Yeah, nine. Yeah. Nine years. You wow. have an earlier yeah. earlier birthday than I have. You know, nine like years. Hmm. Yeah. So I came from Uzbekistan, also 2011, and I think that's what you and I initially connected on, right? Like when when you sat next in to chemistry me. class. Yes, I remember that. It was like six months into chemistry class and I came over to you and we were having the conversation. Yeah. And I was like, wow, we came here in the same year. We came here in the same year. (laughs) First, we spent a month living in Alabama. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wonderful. Mm. And then we came to Brooklyn. It was just not a nice area of Brooklyn, so I didn't really mm-hmm. like it there. I mean, most of Brooklyn still isn't considered nice. It's just, like, the <laughs> more popular parts that are considered nicer now. Thanks for gentrification. Yeah. Hello. Um, see, I feel like my neighborhood is such a nice middle ground. Okay, yeah. I'm going to reveal where I live, but, like, in my neighborhood, then if you go to the right, it's the hood, and if you go to the left, it's the hood. So and I feel I like... I live to the left in the hood, you know? <laughs> That's where I live. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. to the left. <laughs> I live to the left in the hood. So yeah, now that we've got that down, I found this article called The Hidden Stress of Being a Child of Immigrants by Elizabeth Sue. We could, you know, talk about some of these points mentioned here and see if if she's speaking facts or not. First of all, Sarah, being a child mm-hmm. of an immigrant, are there any struggles off the bat you would say that you face having immigrant parents or how it impacts your life? Okay, so a lot of times you have to explain everything and and like you have to explain even like objects and things like in ways that are very easy to understand. So I find like even at work I'll say, oh yeah, I went to a gazebo and I would be, then I would go on and say, you know, that structure you often find in parks that are nice. Like, like I have to explain things. And I don't even realize that I'm doing it most of the time. Like, my cousin called me out for it. I was explaining to him, like, what, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got a Nintendo Switch. You know, one of those video games you can hold in your hands and play that kids play. He goes to me, Sarah, I'm not like your immigrant parents. I know what the hell video games is. You have to overexplain everything for me. I, I've never experienced that. I was reading articles as well, just to prep for this this episode. But like, because Jamaica is an English-speaking country with a little bit of broken English, oh. I've never had to like go through that. Recently, mm. I saw there was this person who um, she does she does she speaks she doesn't speak English, so she oh. brought like her ten-year-old niece. That's my parents. <laughs> 
and the the niece was the one everything everything we had to ask the niece we had to the doctor had to speak to the niece everything and i was like oh my god that's like a lot to put on this one child but like the aunt doesn't know english so relatable <laughs> that is very relatable dude <laughs> all the time even now like my mom whenever she writes emails for work somewhere she's like can you can you check if this is right can you write it for me i had to write my own absent notes for school cuz they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> and it's a constant like a translation for anything government documents whatever they need mm-hmm. yeah yeah whenever you go somewhere it's like can you tell them this can you tell them that you go or so what do you say what do you say yeah yeah at parent teacher conferences i'm always like uh-huh uh-huh and then right after what did she say she said i was amazing she said i was amazing Mm-hmm. everything okay is everything bad i told my mom i'm on the dean's list and she was like oh, you went to the dean you're in trouble at school <laughs> like these little things you know in this article they mentioned language barriers as a struggle mm-hmm. i mean like love language like bringing me fruit <laughs> my mom cut me a whole plate of oh my cantaloupe, cantaloupe. And she was like, she came back, she's like, Sarah, you didn't eat all of it. Are you okay? <laughs> My parents do that too. No, that's never happened. Like, I'm here, I close my door, and I'm, I do my homework in my room. Like, can't relate. I have to go in my kitchen or in my dining room, my living room. Hmm. I have nowhere is- to do, like, real homework. But that's, it's full of clutter. There's no room to sit down and, like, put a book down and, and study. Clear it up. Um, I'm a hoarder. Can't do it. Can't do that right now. Um, <laughs> that's an unrelated problem. Are you actually a hoarder? I'm a little bit. I have trouble throwing things out. There may be an issue brought on to us by our immigrant parents. My dad has a drawer filled with cords that he that will not throw out. <laughs> Dad never throws anything out. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure there's something like my house is full of like Sarah. You saw my house; it's full of antiques. Mm-hmm. It's full of mm-hmm. antiques. I have like big pictures under my bed, and my dad just stores like antiques and pictures and oh, picture frames. Oh my god! <laughs> my mom hates. <laughs> Maybe it's a thing with immigrant dads that they're just a little bit of quarters. You can always no. You can always tell when like. Your a home is an immigrant's home in America. You can always tell. Because they collect garbage. Because like, my mom says they always collect garbage. That's what my mom just said. It's it's pieces of cultural significance. Mm-hmm. No, it's the, the the huge Jamaican flag on the door. There's that. There's that. We have a huge Uzbek flag that I brought back. I have a mini one like on my desk. Okay. I used to have it on my desk too, but then my dog, like, he managed to, whatever, it fell, he chewed it up, rest in pieces. Another struggle, according to this lady, is fear of being different. And she talks about how she was feeling self conscious whenever she invited friends over to join for dinner. <laughs> and they would be like, ew, what is that? And they'd call her mm-hmm. cultural cuisine gross or weird. And then how her husband had a similar experience. They're Chinese American. Okay. And kids would make fun of how his Chinese lunches smelled to the point where he would throw them out in the trash. Mm. 
It is sad, but unfortunately, it is a stereotype for Asians, uh, especially Asian Americans that have to go through that. I think it's because it's so different from the typical American miracle American (laughs) style cuisine. It's just so different. We don't really eat that different. Like we'll have certain like specialty food items that are kind of different, but nothing that's like nothing too different to really like suffer from that sort of just judgment. So Mm -hmm. I never really had to deal much with that. I don't think I've really had to deal with that too much. But what I did have to deal with, which is not, it wasn't cultural cuisine that I was bringing to lunch. I would bring like salmon or I would bring like, (laughs) I'd bring like a And your mm-hmm. eggs. I may remember your eggs. Cindy. And Sarah would make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah. Mm. She would have, like, a piece of salmon over, like, rice and, like, a hard-boiled egg in there. And I'm like, sweetie, that's been sitting in your hot backpack for hours. <laughs> like, this is public school. I don't know who you think you're grabbing the, with your little fingers that whole hard-boiled yeah. egg and putting it in your mouth. Yeah. Oh. Sarah, it is not you alone. I used to bring cabbage some days. <laughs> I used to bring eggs some days, and I would just be there eating it right next to you. I could not breathe in chemistry. (laughs) I could not breathe with that cabbage. But you know what? I didn't judge you for it. I was was like, it smells, but it's fine. Because I do the same thing. Because my hard-boiled eggs and the salmon and everything would be judged so hard just sitting in your bag for the whole day and then okay, you'd open it and then we would smell <laughs> like four periods you know just 45 minutes each period plus four minutes of pink flat that's like four hours and then but one thing one cultural thing i guess like basically it was like it was meatballs that I brought. Oh, I remember. Oh, those <laughs> were always really good. It was, you had them? No, like they always smelled really good. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I bring like these meatballs. I think, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were like Uzbek style meatballs. And this girl in high school, <laughs> my friend. We can, we can call her Nicole. No, 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 we'll call her Paris. She'd love that. And my friend Paris, she would call them donkey brains. She would make fun of me for eating donkey brains all the time. So I thought your that those meatballs always smelled really good, looked really good. <laughs> Gave me half of one one. I think you did. You know what they were? They were like these Turkish meatballs that we would they get had, like stuff in from them, Trader yeah. Joe's. Yeah, they were so good. And she'd be like, Love "Oh my god, donkey brains!" <laughs> they were delicious. It, it was... I was so jealous. It was emotionally scarring. I understand the um, feeling bad about the food thing. Mm-hmm. Food, the feel, I've never felt bad about food, but when I came here, I had this thick accent. People weren't the, the nicest. Really? So it took me two years, and then that accent was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't speak in that accent anymore, only at home, but like everywhere else, this is how I sound. Dodrick, you're like, if you knew me after, <laughs> like, right after I came to America, no, you didn't. Kids in New York are mean. We talked about that yeah. last week. They're mm-hmm. horrible. You mean like, like generally? Yes, yeah. New York kids yeah. are mean. <laughs> like fifth grade, horrible year for me. <laughs> <laughs>
Like, the, the kids just did not like me. Kids were such haters for no reason. Honestly. By the end of the year, when I started picking up more English, they would say mean stuff right in front of me, like thinking that I wasn't, that I didn't understand it. And they'd be like, oh, she doesn't know, she doesn't know what we're saying anyway. I, I'd know it and it would hurt my feelings, but I wouldn't say anything. Oh my God. That's actually really sad. <laughs> I never had anything like that. Yeah. Don't know what's up with me. <laughs> I never had that, but I do remember my mom told me that, like, you know, like for state tests in, ele- in elementary school. So my sister, she would get fours. So my mom overheard, like, another um, mom telling, like, someone else, Did you hear her daughter got a four and she's a child of immigrants? This brings me to the next point that this lady makes. She says a concern for safety because she says that a lot of families experience like trauma when moving to the United States. So this results in a lot of immigrants and a fear and dislike of authority or concern for safety of themselves and their family members fear of being sent back to their native country, lack of trust for the system, fear of being seen or judged. I don't think I've experienced the fear of safety. Living in, I think it was a living in East New York thing and not, there was this guy that hated me. He was like 40 something and he would call me names, but I think that's just a living 40 something? Yeah. But, like, he was a Jamaican man, right? Um, Hold on. You he, were a child? He on, on my walk to school. And every... Yeah, if he was Jamaican, why would he hate on you? <laughs> that's sick. But that's actually... <laughs> <laughs> my little soft voice self. He hated me. Like, he would call me names on my walk to school. Like, I would walk around. Like, there was, like, this... There was this area where someone got stabbed, right? And we were scared of that area. But, and it would be quicker for me to walk by his house to go to school. I would walk through that area so I couldn't see him. Because he was so mean. But I think that's more of a living in Brooklyn and men being horrible thing than (laughs) being an immigrant. Spicy. I had a neighbor I knew would say, like, things to my parents, but they always, like, kept it hidden from me. Like, I found out later. She would say things to them like, go back to your country. That's crazy. The next one is feeling ashamed. No, it adds spice to my life, literally. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So when she expands on that, she's like, they can feel ashamed of some cultural aspect or something. And she says, it's a delicate balance to help children of immigrants acculturate while making sure they don't feel ashamed to be from a different culture. I've never been ashamed to be from my culture. Well. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You know, we have a story, all right? I'm not ashamed, per se. I I love being a Jamaican. But Jamaicans have, like, like they're put in boxes Mm -hmm. for things. And it's, like, it's sad to be put in that that box because you're from that country. I don't think I've gotten anything. Well, my sister, actually, this happened to her last semester, like, before Corona, like, closed everything. A a kid goes up to her, 
he was like, are you Albanian? And she was like, yeah. And he goes to her, you know, Albanians are some of the most POS people on this earth. And he just walked away. What does POS mean? Piece of insert word on the podcast. I haven't really ever been like ashamed of where I'm from. Yes, girl. And that's what's up. Put it in your bio. Put that little flag in your bio on Instagram. <laughs> Come on. Be proud. <laughs> I made my Snapchat username actually, severa.uz, which is like what oh like websites use. And it's so embarrassing now. And I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> All the Baharians are like, I'm not adding her. <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> All right. I think this is it. She only had a couple points. So Girl, there is so much more. She, it was fear being different, concern for safety, lang- their language barrier thing, feeling ashamed. And then at the end, she said, everyone's experience is different. The struggle definitely motivates immigrants and their first generation children to, to work harder, to make up for the sacrifices that their parents did. So this article is called, Why Do Immigrant Children Struggle More Than Their Parents Did? It states that there were studies done on immigrant children and their parents, and a couple of them have found that with consecutive generations living in America, children become less successful in school, their health I'm scared of and everything. <laughs> That's why I'm gonna beat my kid. So <laughs> the Jamaican not oh my If my kids aren't doctors and lawyers, I'm I'm not even playing. They're gonna get it from me. I'm not playing. They actually Wait. talk about that in the article as well. So they say a lot of immigrant parents say that the government has tied their hands in disciplining their children because they feel like child protection services are going to come knocking at their door if they Mm. hit their kids, particularly Haitian, Jamaican, and Dominican parents. (laughs) My parents believe in not sparing the rod because you'll spoil the child. So when we lived in Jamaica, you did something, you were getting licks. And like... Coming to America, you're free from the licks. <laughs> no, girl, let me tell no, that's you. What it, says. That's what it, says. it says they don't want to hit their kids in America. No, no, no. Yeah, because like, they don't want to go to jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Let me tell y'all. My sister would be like, to my mom, touch me. I'm calling them. My mom would be like, call them. Call them. I dare you to give her the phone. And then she'd take her outside, grab a tree branch, and boom. Let's see who's really? going to. <laughs> Oh, girl, it was like WWE in my house. <laughs> I was a good child. There was a way. You, just got, you guys got to know how to... How to, how to, how to smack them so early. Yeah, no. There were like few instances where we got like punished, but it was always like stern talking to. It was never hand touching because my parents not going to jail. Like they, they always reminded us we're not going to jail for children. No. I, mean, you know, <laughs> I don't mean like it probably sounds like a lot worse than it is. Once in a while, like if we were really bad as a kid, but it was mm-hmm. just something really small. Mm-hmm. Like and nothing like crazy ever happened. And again, I was a relatively good kid. My sister was a little bit worse. <laughs> she had a lot of, even now, she's like the more rebellious one. Mm-hmm. She did some things, whatever. But like now, no. 
maybe like when after I was like 10, nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. I was just like yelling. Like, uh, I've never been hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like you're, you're the only child. Yeah. I'm an only child. I've never been hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, because like in our, like for us, they say like you're the only child. If it's a daughter, it's like extra special. You have to extra yeah. like honor her. I'm sure a couple times my mom wanted to hit me, but my dad was always like, oh. "Really? Yeah, yeah." My dad's always been like so sweet to me. <laughs> I think my my the same thing happens for like my sister, because like that's his only daughter, and like he protects her so much more than he protected us, <laughs> especially growing up in Jamaica. Like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like my sister gets away with murder <laughs> but like she's 10 and she's she's a baby so mm-hmm. she's the baby of the family do it. please girl. behave and then like now i'm like you you're not getting yeah, like, her for doing that really <laughs> immigrant parents are more strict than like american parents yeah definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. there were there were a lot of restrictions like you're not going to turn out like these because I'm telling you we lived in Brooklyn we lived in Queens but it was it was like an okay part of Queens not too bad we still live in an okay part of Queens but like it's always been you are not going to turn out like these people so you're it's like you can't do this you can't do that you can't go out and live with friends because like honestly I see some people on Snapchat you are 16 and you're out at two o'clock in the morning. You're 18, you're out roaming the streets at four, tens and I'm not coming for you, but I'm coming for you. Like, <laughs> no. So my parents are really strict. No, my parents used to be strict, but then they, they loosened up a lot. Yeah. Oh, did okay, you forget right about that app on your phone, sweetheart? Oh, well, they tracked my location. <laughs> they tracked my location and I used to mind it a lot, but now I don't mind it at all. It's just a safety thing, and I have Mm -hmm. nothing to hide, so sure. Okay, so basically, this article says the more time kids spend in America, (laughs) the less they have that drive to excel in school. So they write it off to a couple of things, and one of them is that it's a peer influence from American students. Mm -hmm. In one study by Harvard researchers, they are studying immigrant children and they observe that newly arrived immigrant children talk about how beautiful school is and how wonderful the principal is. And then a few years later, when asked to describe school, they say that school is boring and how the principal is an idiot. Yeah. When I first got here, I loved school. I loved school. I loved going to school. I loved doing well. I loved showing my mom my report card. It was like all A's. <laughs> I loved doing it. So it's like so great. And like like being the little role model for the family. Aww, that's really <laughs> sweet. Can't relate. Yeah. I thought I thought American schools were like amazing. See, we didn't have to stand up whenever a teacher like walked in the room. We didn't have to like get scared of them. And then we got lunch. Like lunch was just <laughs> such a such an incredible thing for me i was yes. like wow because we had to pay for lunch in jamaica <laughs> me too yeah we had to buy it like we had to run to the di- diner thing and i'm just like the canteen and like you only had a certain amount of time to eat and you yeah. had to do that before 
Mm-hmm. The bell rang again. And and you were the same thing you were saying about like the having to stand up when somebody walks into the room. Whenever the principal walked into the room, you had to like stand up and like yeah. straighten yourself out because yeah. like, this is the principal. This and my uh, we had a female principal. Not it wasn't that common at the time. Like she was on the money. She was like extra, any man. Yeah. She was like any man. She was a disciplinarian. Like she would pull people out of the line and beat them. <laughs> beat them for doing something like that was not (laughs) so it's like growing up in in Jamaica primary school wow that's crazy did you get beat in school I've I've been beaten with my own belt the teacher took and beat me with my own belt. So oh my God. I've been beaten with my own belt in school in Jamaica. I wasn't a bad kid, That's but like my mouth, my mouth was my mouth has always been uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's also kind of iconic. Mm. I've never gotten beat in school because I went to a Russian school, but if I were to go to an Uzbek school, then I definitely would. <laughs> I mean, I feel like don't would. Russians also. Uh, yeah. But there is nothing, like, it wasn't crazy. Like, I've, I don't think I've seen anyone ever get abused, but I remember one time a kid was called up to the board and he couldn't write the answer or something, and my teacher grabbed him by the ear and, like, took him took him back to his desk by the ear so that's i think that's the worst i've seen i love that do you want to touch on like generational trauma or no oh my god sure i'm down like how their grandparents like emotional trauma from their parents or is that like too heavy i told my mother i was unhappy and she says why are you unhappy you have a house you you have things going on in your life why are you unhappy? I'm like, no, don't forget you have food to eat. I'm just but... so unhappy at this point in my life. Like, and it was doing like maybe like a month and a half ago. I was so unhappy. And she's like, mm, you have no reason to be unhappy. I work every day and oh. I come home and I cook. So get over it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> and, Very- and it's like, you don't even want to talk about talk to them about your mental health issues. Like, you don't want to tell them that you're depressed. You don't want to tell them that you're going through things. And then they're like, why Why don't you talk to me? Because oh, I talk to you. Because you're going to invalidate my feelings. <laughs> and then you say I have no reason to feel this way. <laughs> what do you expect? You're upset yeah. with me because I don't talk to you, but you don't you don't make me feel good when I talk to you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Parents. Yeah. I don't know about your guys' culture, but in my culture, reputation and image is a big thing. So like yeah. if someone does have issues, it's kept within like your immediate family. Or your like your immediate family won't even know about it. Like we'll keep mm-hmm. it hidden. Just so everything looks okay and good. So we don't talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I have, like even with my cousins, I don't know everything about them, and but they can't even tell me because they would be scared that I would like ruin their image, reputation, or whatever. And like a lot of people have this immigrant guilt because you're an immigrant, you have to 
accept everything and just you, push on. You accept everything that your family mm -hmm. brings to you. You mm -hmm. accept everything that you, the people around you bring to you. And it's like you put yourself into this little box where it's like, you're all smiles, but inside you are dying. And it's like, Aunt Savara, you're making this sad face, but like, at points in my life, I've been dying inside and can't talk to anyone. So it's yeah. like, what's the point of having these people around you? So that's why I think a lot of immigrants <laughs> struggle with mental health. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> but like, at point I'm in, in this picture. Yeah, I'm in this picture mm -hmm. and I don't like it. Very true. Very mm -hmm. true. That is true. I can't say much, but very true. I think a lot of this episode we focused on like um, the struggles and the negatives, but being children of immigrants and immigrants mm -hmm. is great, and I'm so blessed to have the opportunity. Definitely. I, I really do enjoy, I enjoyed being, or I still enjoy being the son of immigrant parents. Um, yeah. Definitely really shapes who you are. It really mm -hmm. does add like a layer that I think a lot of other people don't get to experience in their lives. And mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to make them proud, but it's also hard. So that kind of adds that challenge to like the bigger things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just to hear that is like, there's just so much. But yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Even having another bathroom or my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very sweet note to end on. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Today, Thank Sarah. you. Severa, I'll see you when you text me after six months. I'll be back mm. for the Toxic Friends episode. You're throwing dirt on my name when it's not even deserved because you were the one that never responded to my texts. We, no, we speak. The next day I have no friends this. on this podcast is when you pop out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on Manifestation, sweetie. That's for next episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> toxic Friends episode coming Anyways. next. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Mm.